X-Ray. Welcome to The Local, your daily dose of hometown news and democracy. I'm Jefferson Smith. We're from Portland, Oregon. It is Thursday, January 21st, the year 2021. Today, back in the day, January 21st, 2017, the Women's March happened around the world. Women's March was prompted by Donald Trump taking office of the presidency on the day just prior, Inauguration Day, back in the day four years ago. Retired lawyer Teresa Shook called for a march in Washington immediately following the election. Word spread, Planned Parenthood partnered with organizers to help plan the event. Main demonstration happened in Washington, D.C. It drew 470,000 people. Huge crowds gathered in Chicago, New York, Boston, Atlanta, St. Paul, and other U.S. cities. Organizers reported 673 marches in various countries across the world that day. And yesterday, back in the day, there was a new president inaugurated, and our nation finally inaugurated a woman to be the vice president. Today, back in the day, January 21st, 1943, Portland had its heaviest ever recorded snowfall, 15 and a half inches. It was 78 years ago today, fell in Portland, Oregon. The snow shut down the city, 15 and a half inches, with local government working hard to keep buses running and roads usable. Stranded travelers booked up the city's hotels. People drowned in the middle of snowball fights. No, I just made that up. The day still holds the record for the most snow to fall in one day in the city of Portland. The most comparable snowfall happened January 11, 2017, four years ago, the snowpocalypse, when 11.8 inches fell. X-ray. Today we have an interview with Portland artist and curator Darren Todd. First up, it is time for today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. X-Ray. Oregon unemployment rates have increased from 6 to 6.4% in December. Officials say that 25,000 jobs were lost last month after a steady decrease in unemployment in the previous seven months. Job losses came largely from coronavirus restrictions. That led to decreases in revenue and forced businesses to cut back on staffing. Over 28,000 jobs in hospitality and leisure were lost in December. Retail, healthcare, and transportation all gained at least 2,000 jobs per sector. Prior to the pandemic, unemployment was 3.3% in Oregon, jumped to 14.9% in April. Oregon has regained over a third of the jobs since the initial wave of losses hit earlier in the pandemic. And now it's time for your daily dose of data. On the 19th, the Oregon Health Authority reported 617 new coronavirus cases, bringing the statewide total to 134,468. Five new coronavirus-related deaths were reported, bringing Oregon's death toll to 1,816. Currently, 418 Oregonians are hospitalized with the virus. On Wednesday, a mass vaccination site opened at the Oregon Convention Center. This is something we've been reporting on. We can now say that the center is open. The Oregon Health Authority teamed up with OHSU, Kaiser Permanente, Providence, and Legacy Health to open the COVID vaccination center. When all systems are in place, the site will administer 7,500 doses of the Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines. An online scheduling portal will be available to patients to ensure a smooth process. As of Tuesday, the state has administered 238,000 doses. 4.6% of Oregon's population has received at least their first dose of the vaccine. While Oregon did not receive as many doses as originally promised, the state is currently administering 12,000 a day. At least three former political candidates in Oregon received threatening phone calls on Tuesday. All of them were people of color. The former candidates received a call from a robotic voice that said to them, We are watching you. You are either with us or against us. 
Shaba Woodley, one recipient, former candidate for U.S. House of Representatives, said he took the call seriously. He's received death threats. The message did not reveal any indications about who or where the call was coming from. The FBI requested anyone who has received this call or has information, you can send a tip to tips.fbi.gov. The city of Portland will begin clearing the Hazelnut Grove homeless village amid safety concerns. The 15 or so residents received the news via a press release which described the location as difficult for emergency services to access and cited the area as a landslide risk. Most have been offered the opportunity to live at the new St. John's area tiny home village. Others are being offered emergency housing via a nonprofit. Hazelnut Grove is a self-governed homeless community which features tiny homes, a library, garden, food pantry, and code of conduct for residents. One resident, Barbara Weber, believes Hazelnut Grove offers many stability and being forced to relocate is cruel. She said, quote, I want to be with this community and the city promised to move this community to land where they could be self-governed together, not ripped apart. Commissioner Dan Ryan and Mayor Ted Wheeler vowed to clear Hazelnut Grove after the Overlook Neighborhood Association wrote letters requesting the village be relocated. The Hammond family has had their grazing permit restored as one of the midnight actions of the Trump administration. The Hammonds had had their permits revoked in 2012, and the family was found guilty of committing arson on public lands. It was one catalyst of the Malheur occupation in 2016. Former President Trump pardoned them two years later. Before a permit is granted, the Bureau of Land Management must determine if an applicant is a good steward of the land. Environmentalists have long argued they are not good stewards due to those arson charges. Paul Ruprich, Nevada, Oregon director for the Western Watersheds Project, had this to say in a press release, and I'm quoting, it's corruption, down to the fact that they raced through the weekend to get this rubber stamp before the inauguration. The background of this, by the way, was the Hammonds had had their grazing permit revoked, and the men had gone to prison. Serving time were released, but the U.S. Department of Justice later ordered them back to prison to finish their mandatory minimum five-year sentence. That inspired protests in Burns, Oregon. That led to the 41-day armed standoff at the Malheur Refuge. A jury later acquitted the leaders of the takeover, including Ammon and Ryan Bundy. Ethan Knight, the prosecutor in the case, ended up not becoming Multnomah County District Attorney. And now, after all that, in a midnight order by President Trump, the Hammonds have their permits back. Those permits issued, they'll have for 10 years. And some good news. Environmental bureaucracy has halted plans for the Jordan Cove natural gas pipeline. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission ruled that Pembina, the company building the pipeline could not move forward without a clear water permit from the state of Oregon. Pembina had previously claimed that Oregon waived the requirement for the clean water permit, but the commission recently found the certification was never requested from the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality. The 230-mile pipeline, which stretches from Malin, Oregon to Coos Bay, has been widely opposed by environmentalists, Native American tribes, anglers, and coastal residents. Governor Kate Brown sent out a tweet regarding the ruling, which said, quote, At every stage of the regulatory process, I have insisted that Jordan Cove LNG project must meet Oregon's rigorous standards for protecting the environment, or it cannot move forward. Celebrations happened across the country and across the world yesterday and in town. Thanks to folks who stopped by the Stop Trump House, which is now just the Ellis Lawrence House in Irvington. A good time was had by all. 
And that that's is today's, today's Quick, six, quick local rundown. 6 Local Rundown. X-Ray. Up next, we'll be hearing from Portland artist and curator Darren Todd. Darren spoke with Jefferson Smith about the importance of promoting art from BIPOC, LGBTQ, and disabled communities, and how he's bringing those priorities to the downstairs gallery on Yamil. Here are Darren and Jefferson. It is a miracle. We are here with Darren Todd, artist and curator, downstairs gallery located on Southwest Yam Hill. Darren, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? <sighs> yeah, yeah, collective sigh. <sighs> I, I will say, Darren, at my best, I am feeling grateful for mm-hmm. the human beings who have devoted a measure of their lives for democracy and bending the arc of history towards justice. At my best, that mm-hmm. is how I'm feeling. How are you? I'm with, I mean, I'm right there with you, practicing gratefulness and thankfulness every day that I can, trying to stay positive when I can and just be realistic. But you know what? It's Monday. It's, uh, you know, it's January. We made it. So, yeah, I'm doing well. Everything's fine. It's 2021 now. Everything's fixed. <laughs> no more worries. How are any plans to acknowledge, and and I'm thinking about this as well, the judge for Mm -hmm. whom I clerked would say about Labor Day Memorial Day and Martin Luther King Jr. Day, it's, oh, it's a time for Americans to celebrate by going out and buying sheets. And it it was, you know, because they're like sales, right? I was like, oh, it's a big sale. I don't know if they have sales anymore. Now everything's just online. And people going out and buying, buying, uh, you know, linens. uh, Is there, (laughs) other than... Uh, other than participating in some version of commerce, what are ways that people are acknowledging the importance of today and any special plans you have? I know people be welcome ideas. Obviously, it's not it, it ain't your duty to provide people with ideas, but I'd sure welcome them. Well, I mean, I think everybody's mom would be really happy to hear new sheets are in order. Uh, I know, I know, my mom will be. But overall, for me, I think what I want to do is just try to spread some some goodness or some help to somebody else today i planned on not really working uh and then i realized you know i work for myself as an artist and that is like a realization of a dream that dr king had you know that black and brown people could be business owners and so working is actually kind of on my list of things to do because i have the right to do so and i want to exercise that right um but to those of you that can take some time and do some self-care. I think that's probably a good move. Um, And just brace for impact because, I mean, 2021 is about to be a big one. I can feel it. I'm seeing so. I have the benefit of seeing you on Zoom. I suspect, well, I shouldn't just assume. Is that some of your art (laughs) that I'm seeing behind you? Yeah, that is on the wall. That's some of my older work from earlier last year. I, I'm mostly and... into your older stuff. I mean, I like your new <laughs> stuff too, but I really the, the the people real Darren Todd fans they appreciate the older <laughs> stuff. That is what I always say. I'm like, if you really know what's up, you'll get the stuff where I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. <laughs> but I keep, I, <laughs> I but I, I keep, <laughs> but I, I keep those it. around. <laughs> I keep those around because you got to see where you were to, to to be able to figure out where you're going. How do you? What have you seen change has changed most in your art? Do you see or do you see yourself? So you have a piece that's behind you, right? That you know, mm-hmm. and is a reminder to how mm-hmm. how you used to do it. What has transformed? Yeah. What's what's later stage, Darren Todd? 
you know, I think it's attention to detail. Mm -hmm. I think when I began, I was so excited about just getting the brush onto the canvas and being able to show someone, look, I did this, I did this, I did this. And that feeling of accomplishment when you're proud of what you've done, that often I would finish paintings. Now I look back, I'm like, that was only halfway done. I just didn't know, you know, that's something that you learn as you grow your artistic voice. You start to realize, yeah, that could probably use another five hours, whole another couple layers of paint. And so I feel like in five more years, that answer will be totally different. All right. I want to talk in five years. I want to talk in five years. And <laughs> I'm down. You got it. Yeah, and, you got and here's, it. And here's why. Because uh, I, I am fascinated by this trajectory for artists and people who perform, you know, creative tasks of all sorts. Mm -hmm. And and I'll actually the, the example I was going to try to come up with another example, but the example <laughs> I'm using is a basketball example because I'm you know I'm sort of a basketball nerd, and it was from, um, uh, and it and it was from was it from was it from Tim Hardaway, uh, who said that what he learned later in his career was and, and it was sort of this arc and this I, I will if I said it this middle part was by him I would just be totally making it up but I would suspect <laughs> that the arc of his career was oh when I got in the NBA or anybody's career when I got in the NBA I realized I needed to work harder and I had to watch my diet mm -hmm. I couldn't just go out all the time and that's how I had to be a real pro but when he said when he got later in his career what he realized was he wanted to become more efficient with his movement mm -hmm. and so and so that arc right where you get more where you do more and more and more until you get to a place where you can realize which things you can carve out right without losing something so anyway that's why i want to talk in five years that's perfect yeah i think you hit the nail on the head i actually had a friend call me last week out of the blue and he goes you know i just have it on my heart that i need to tell you that you have to learn to say no to some upcoming projects uh -huh. or you're going to be overwhelmed or you're just going to pass out and of course i was like yeah yeah sure whatever you say and then the coming week i definitely signed on to like eight more projects and I'm like what am I doing you're right he was right so efficiency yeah that's definitely the name of the game for where I'm at but it, I mean that's a good lesson to have to learn you're the curator at downstairs gallery you want to feature artwork from underserved communities mm -hmm. tell us more about that how'd you get cracking with it what sort of inspired you to do it and then I got other questions sure yeah um, I was actually invited to do the mural that's on the front face of that yoga studio Last year, you know, it's boarded up because it's right downtown and it's right next to a, a train stop. And so they mm. wanted to protect these big windows that they have from vandalism. It's expensive on a small business. And the yoga on Yamhill Studio is actually run on a donation basis. So you can go there as a member of a Portland community and you can do yoga for free for a dollar, 50 cents. Um, and they've been able to survive for five plus years on that. And so I was, I was happy to do some art for them. And I came up with a concept based around the idea of how can we, um, instead of just talking about making the world better, what kind of actions do we need to take in order to make the world better? And it actually says that in the mural, you know, as the people on the train roll by, they think to themselves, what can we actually do to make this world a better place? And um, they were into the idea. I was able to paint it actually. It's like a 15 so foot. The, so the painting, mural. the painting is visible from the train, from the train. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Oh yeah. All so right. you can just ride by and see it. Yep. And it's, it's pretty tall. I'm pretty short at the time. I was still scared of heights. So I did reach, the whole thing. How'd you reach the top of it? <laughs> a pole, <laughs> a couple poles taped together. All right. All right. I was too scared to get up on the ladder, but you know, that's another growth thing that I've overcome when, over when COVID, the year. When COVID passes and you, you know, if you need the extra, I'm happy, I'm pretty tall and uh, you, can, Perfect. you can sit on my shoulders. And then I'll we call go around, you. You, we make a slightly <laughs> taller mural. 
Perfect. So, yeah, I, I, I hooked up with them doing that. And they were like, you know, we have this downstairs area in our studio that's not being used. The floor is brand new. Now that we're doing yoga on video, we've always wanted to have some art in here. And so they invited me to do a solo show. I had a bunch of pieces like this one back here. And I was able to sell them. It was a success. We had a jazz band play outside and everyone was waiting outside, socially distant with masks. And it, it was a great time. And so I thought, you know, we could do this again. And in, for other artists, it's, it is so affirming as an emergent artist to be able to put your work out into the world and be supported and have other people use their networks to help promote you. And so I thought, you know, I was doing music before COVID hit um, with a record label called It's Future Time. And when COVID hit, it just became... In my mind, I didn't want to do Zoom concerts and Instagram concerts, yeah. so I just switched over to art. And so when the studio offered me that opportunity and it was a success, I immediately wanted to share that with other artists. And I thought, what artists need that the most? And obviously, immediately, you know, it's, it's Black and Indigenous people of color. It's members of my LGBTQ community. And it's artists with disabilities. And so those are the three... Um, you know, communities that the gallery seeks to uplift and to spread the word about. And so far, you know, we had a show digitally in December when COVID was really bad. I couldn't in good conscience have people come out during Christmas time. Yeah. I wanted to encourage people to stay at home. But coming up in February, we're going to get back into the physical space. We're going to be inviting all of the artists that applied to uh, submit artwork that has to do with Black History Month. Black history, black future, black life. Um, and I'm really excited to see what each of these artists is able to come up with and happy to promote it. There's a idea in economics is creative destruction, right? So if there's if you have a recession or if it's just a business, if a business mm -hmm. uh, goes out of business, that something may happen from that. Right. Some some mm -hmm. rows, some petals might emerge from the cracks in the concrete. That, right. uh, that the people who were displaced will then go and start something else. Uh, mm -hmm. That is sometimes viewed as a an apology for uh, as a as a silver lining. Even uh, mm -hmm. as I think about creative destruction, I think about silver linings. As I think about what's been happening downtown, I mean, all of these boarded up, you know, ceiling to floor windows has created an unprecedented mural opportunity in the history of our city. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah. And when you say rose from the concrete, that's literally my art career. Um, I can't sit here and say, you know, that everyone has had amazing opportunities come their way. COVID has destroyed a lot of people's livelihoods and their lives. I've just been grateful and thankful enough to be able to have navigated it and made it through. And I 100% believe that without it, you know, my career wouldn't be where it's at. It's just, it was like there was a void that was created and my art just kind of fills in that void. And in turn, the art of all these artists that I'm working with fills in that void. Um, so yeah, I mean, those murals that are downtown, I believe that uh, they're gonna be, a lot of them are gonna be saved and repurposed. And I hope that people hang on to them because it's not only art that should be saved, but it's also like, there's so much meaning and passion that the artists who painted those put into those, it's powerful. Are there pieces you want to shout out that could be your own? There could be someone else. I'm wondering, is there anybody who's doing tours of these things or even virtual ones, right? They sort of say, hey, here's 10 you should check out. Here's the, the 
best 11 murals in Portland. Number six is a doozy. Anything that you want to give a, you want to highlight? I should have prepared better. I don't have any artists names offhand that are downtown. And some of, some of my favorites have been taken down. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot of good work down there. What's happening it, to the ones that are getting taken down? You know, it's hard to say. I heard rumors that the Portland Art Museum was yep. going to be That's one of doing the things. a yep. uh, yeah. So I really hope that the recent ones that got taken off the the Apple Store are yep. going to be preserved. Some of those were the most powerful. Yep. Um, but you know what? What I heard you saying earlier in the segment that downtown is kind of not the same. But you know what? If people did come downtown and just did just an art walk, they would be able to see some amazing yep, artwork. Exactly. Uh, I, I recently put up a mural for the Armory on their back doors on 11th and Gleason of James Baldwin, um, right, right on that big brown back door that they have. And I think if you start in that area and you just walk all the way down to where the Apple store was and then come towards the gallery, Man, that's a day's worth of art just on the west side. And there's so much more on the east side, too. Portland is flourishing art-wise. And downtown will change. Now, it's inevit- change is uh-huh. inevitable. Change is happening. Change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And if all of a sudden, like, our downtown is built around the idea, downtown retail is built on the idea that I, if I'm going to buy something, I'm going to get in my car, right? Or, I don't know, get on my horse, but, you know, get in my car. <laughs> And, and I'm going to drive in a park somewhere. I'm going to go pick up the box. I'm going to put that box in my car. I'm going to drive it home, right? I'm going to walk around various places where I can see those, and I'm going to you know, not let my fingers do the walking. And right. that is less and less how people are shopping, and we're going to have to transform that. It raises antitrust questions about Amazon, et cetera, but nonetheless impacts. Like Downtown is changing, not just because of COVID, not just because of protests. Downtown is changing, and artists can help show the way. And I do hope that people will, that, that if that can be a... Uh, a, a repository for energy it can give yeah. people inspiration is there something that's tying the trauma of the uh, any that's tying some of the these artworks together either shared joy shared trauma shared experience uh anything any threads that you want to weave together i mean i think it's all three of those you know art influences society by changing opinions by instilling values and by translating experiences across space and time. And I think the art that you're gonna see downtown and that you're gonna see come from this movement definitely it, it has a common thread of, you know, this is who we are, we exist and we matter. This is what we've been through. This is our pain, this is our struggle. And this is our vision of a better future, of a brighter path. And I think all three of those things are important. I think you need to know who you are and where you were in order to figure out who you're supposed to be and where you're going. And so I think that art is literally an illustration of that. Darren Todd, arts and curator, downstairs gallery located on Southwest Yamhill. Anything else you want to plug? Anything I should have asked that I didn't? <laughs> uh, you know, I say check out the downstairs pdx.com. There's a contact page. And if you're an artist or a creative and you want to be represented by the gallery, please reach out to us. Uh, my personal uh, website and my art is at artlargerthanme.com and you can reach out to me there, view my work. I, I take commissions. This is my full-time gig and so I'm thankful for every person that comes my way and every opportunity to collaborate. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, I, if I could leave with anything, I just want to, you know, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day and I, he said, you know, the time is always right to do the right thing. He said, our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about the things that matter. And in the end, we're gonna remember not the words of our enemies, 
but the silence of our friends. So it's time to not be silent anymore. It's time to stand up and make a change in the city for the better. I paused because that was dope. Thank you very much for sharing that. By the way, I like you got an RE twenty. I like your microphone. I can see Thanks. it. Yeah, Normally, I know. I know what's up. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know what's up. So, so we use we uh, we use the SM seven B. I have at home. I have actually. I use. I have. A, I have a Neumann that I use at home. But then I also I have an RE twenty that I really like. And if I had, I've added over again, we'd probably have RE twenties here. Anyway, that's there. We uh, go. No, it's a good. No, it's a it's a good microphone. Why are we talking about microphones? Because I'm a weirdo. No, music nerds. A whole, we could go down a whole other path on another segment. Well, well, okay. So music then. What what are you listening to these days? Oh, uh, you know what? There's one song by Anderson Pack. Um, I want to say it's called Downtown. I'm about to type it in and look it up. Uh, but when I heard it, it was just like, man, he captured the feeling of the moment. Oh, it's called Lockdown. Look up Lockdown by Anderson Pack. And I also put together this this playlist called Chill While Darren Paints on Spotify. So I live stream myself painting online and I play this music in the background. I try to keep it up to date. But right now, anything that is is calling to action or anything that is speaking on this revolution just gets into my my chest, you know, physically. And I'm like, I can't let these songs go. Um, so I, I've got projects hopefully coming out this year. And I know there's going to be a lot of Portland creatives on the music side just hitting it hard because um, there's a lot to say. Darren Todd, thank you so much. Can we get that song? Can we play that song? can't get it send it to us we'll play it later i will for sure darren todd thank you so much look forward to seeing your next stuff too I, i'll stay oh, loyal yeah. i'll stay don't i'll stay loyal to the old stuff don't worry i won't i you know, i'll stay loyal to the <laughs> i appreciate old stuff. that i really appreciate that <laughs> all right dude. you be well <laughs> you too i appreciate you all right cheers thanks to darren for joining the local thank you for listening the local is your hometown at about 30 minutes we appreciate you subscribing and appreciate your five-star review and we appreciate you democracy Talk to you tomorrow. X-Ray.